0: Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, from FindingFertility.co, Today we have a special episode, I actually recorded this for my, well I think it was the second 10 day challenge where I did two live Q&A's, I answered some questions for some beautiful ladies and well, if I say so myself, they were really good questions, so I wanted to share them with the rest of you. Right now, we are on day three of the third 10-day challenge. I hope everyone on the challenge is feeling good and excited about taking control of their fertility health and getting steps closer to creating their dream family. Remember, you have free access to the TTC and Beyond forum boards where you can get the support that you need and deserve from a qualified health coach, me, Monica Cox. Now, if you're interested in joining up to these fertility forum boards, go and grab your slot, there are actually only 10 available. I'm limiting the um, number of women on these forum boards because it is just me running them and I wanna make sure that I am giving you guys the support that you really need and this is, you know, time consuming and I want to make sure that I am doing right by everyone that is in the forum boards right now. So make sure you go grab your slot. There is a waiting list as well, so if it fills up, just fill in your name on the waiting list and when a spot opens up, I will give you an email and if you still want and need the support, you can sign up so without further ado, let's get to today's episode. The first one is, I think, where we probably all have started from. It's like, how do you even know wh- where, where to begin when you don't know what the problem is? So m- my story is true to that. A lot of people who follow me follow me because I had unexplained infertility for years. And It is one of the most frustrating, if not most frustrating diagnosis because it is so wide open, right? When you kind of have a diagnosis of polycystic ovaries, endometriosis, you know, blocked fallopian tubes, low sperm count, it's somewhere to go. It's somewhere that you can understand what's happening and you can maybe get down to fixing it in a holistic way a little bit quicker. Now, with unexplained infertility, there is an array of things that could be wrong. So my top advice for where do you go when you don't know what your issue is? First is your diet, obviously. (laughs) So I know there's a lot of throwing, you know, darts in the dark with unexplained infertility. But my top suggestion is if you can't afford testing and, or maybe it's just not available, like a good solid test isn't available for you. I know I work with people in Australia and the food sensitivity test that um, I have to offer them, it's actually not a great food sensitivity test. It's very limiting. Um, I mean, it's cheap as chips um, compared to some of the other food sensitivity test. But sometimes I'm just kind of like, save your money. So we start with the elimination diet for everyone. That's the gold standard. It, is, it gets rid of your top five you know, common intolerances out there for everyone. So that is your corn, your soy, your dairy, your gluten, and your refined sugars now unfortunately that's probably about 75 percent of the grocery store right there so it's not necessarily an easy thing to do so if you are just starting i would pick two i would pick maybe two that you deep down know that um are causing you issues or that you have too much of let's say um, that's what the 10-day challenge is all about, is getting you to at least just stick to two of them at the beginning. If you've done two for a solid month um, and aren't necessarily feeling any better within your body because we have to start with those little um, wins, right? And for a lot of us, it's not going to be, oh, I cut out gluten and I got pregnant the next month. It's, that's just not gonna happen. That's not the way the body heals. Um, for most of us dealing with unexplained infertility, we need to have at least a solid three months of putting these things into place. And that's three months of also doing the right thing. So I'll get into that a little bit later. So, you know, shifting your focus onto some small goals and get those two in, get them dialed in. And once you have that go deeper. So add two more. If you have already been doing this, you've kind of played, you know, like on, off, on, off. um, This is your time to really just be committed. Um, For most of us, it it can't be a 80-20 every other month type of situation because what's happening in your body is you are getting hammered by this inflammation. And that inflammation can come from several different things, um, which include your diet, your stress, your environment, the toxins that are all around us. Now, we can't control all of them. But if we are able to control, let's say, 80% of them and we give it a really, really good go, you know, where I'm talking like 90 to 100% for at least three months, this is, your body's going to just want well, not it always wants to heal, your body always wants to heal, but your body is going to thank you and show you the benefits of lowering your inflammation by your better skin and hair, your digestion's a lot healthier, your sleep's better, your mood's better, your PMS isn't raging. Um, So you're going to notice a lot of small wins before you get to your ultimate goal of pregnancy. So that's where to start with your diet. Just start simple with one or two. Um, I know this is really frustrating because time doesn't feel like it's on your side when you're trying to conceive. Most of the time, um, uh, me included, we've already been in this journey for years before we decide to introduce, you know, diet and lifestyle to improve our chances. So you know, even the thought of like three months, I, you, you, make, you want me to do this for three months is like, like horrible, right? It's like, that seems like a lifetime sentence. But in reality, um, I said this before, I've said this several times, you know, if I would have known what I needed to do at the very beginning of like, like realizing that I wasn't going to get pregnant, my journey would have been two years. You know, it wouldn't have been this long drawn out saga because I was just doing step by step by step of like, okay, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of that. So it all comes down to your commitment level and what you're prepared to do. If you, you know, don't want to be throwing darts in the dark, you can definitely do a lot of testing. There's a lot of different tests out there that will show you a better direction or i like to think of testing as more of proof right it gives you like proof like look your test results are not so great so that's proof that you need to improve your diet the test results aren't really gonna dictate necessarily what you're going to have to do you're gonna have to do that stuff anyways So, um, but if you can't afford testing because, you know, testing is super expensive, um, then doing the elimination diet, that's where to start. And then also um, for everyone who's done the 10-day challenge, you are also committing to doing some kind of a lifestyle de-stress improvement. And that can be anything. And you just have to start and commit to yourself over and over and over and building these new habits. Um, I hated yoga for a year. Like I hated it. I thought it was boring. (laughs) Like I would just go off into la la land. I would overthink situations. And, um, so it took me a really long time to get into yoga. And now I can't wait to get on the mat. I can't, I can physically, I can not only mentally feel it, but I can physically feel it in my whole body when I haven't done yoga for a really long time. So it's about, you know, just reputation, just again and again and again and putting these things into place. And a little by little, a little becomes a lot. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you kind of don't even recognize yourself. Um, you are such a different person. So that's where to start. Start small, um, obviously hook up. If you want to, you know, save time, hooking up with someone who knows what they're talking about, who's been there, who's done it, who's done the research, and they can really narrow down where you need to go will, you know, save you month to month, if not years. So that's how you start. Okay, so another question is, um, this comes from a lady who I know a little bit of her background already now. And she um, actually... Has a baby through an IUI, has tried several other different things, IVF, and it just hasn't worked. She's made all these improvements, um, amazing improvements, and it's still just not clicking. And this, like, this punches me in the gut because I know exactly how this feels. Um, you guys know I went paleo for a whole year and I still didn't get pregnant naturally. I was super healthy. Um, looking back, I definitely can see that I still had stomach issues. I was still, um, having poo issues. I would get like super constipated and then I would like have diarrhea and then I would have this like really gunky stuff, like, sorry, too much information, but (laughs) that was kind of like my, my last big symptom that I was having. And which isn't a big symptom, right? Like but your poo matters, your gut health really matters. And so we had the failed IVF again, and we demanded the immune testing, which was, I'm pretty sure over like, I was definitely close to like 2000 pounds. And it came back, I had high natural killer cells. And I don't know where I talked about this before, but it just has recently dawned on me that I still had those high natural killer cells after I went paleo for a whole year, so I can't even imagine what my test results would have been if I got them before I did the diet and lifestyle changes and that is um like super frustrating, right like it's just absolutely crazy because most people would think you were super healthy and that you should be able to conceive naturally and like definitely with IVF or an IUI, but it just wasn't the case. So and now she's thinking about some more testing. Um, you know, dig a little bit deeper, some food sensitivity testing, um, some immune testing and um, gut health testing. And now she's wondering, what if my test results come back good? Like there's like nothing that I need to improve on. And this can happen your test results can come back like everything's fine. So let me tackle the food sensitivity test first. So a food sensitivity test for me is um, like not written in stone. So a lot of people who come to me have already made really big diet and lifestyle changes. And when you take a food sensitivity test, you have to be consuming the foods all the foods on the test and if you are intolerant to them it will come up in your test now this is not 100 percent guaranteed it depends on how your body's reacting to that specific food at that specific time that you take the blood test um, i have seen i've talked about this before i had a client who on paper had so many autoimmune issues. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see your food sensitivity test because she decided that was her next step. It came back with nothing, like nothing big. She had a few minor reactions to like cauliflower and some like other random things. Which was good to know, because when you go paleo, and especially if you go autoimmune paleo, like cauliflower is like your new flower. Like cauliflower is your new everything, right? Like you use cauliflower for everything. So it was really good for her to know that information so she didn't overload on cauliflower because it wouldn't have been good for her um so when you do a food sensitivity test um i've had clients come to me who have already taken them with someone else and i get i get to see the results and i'm like okay so you're off of this this and this and they're like well no they're only moderate intolerances no one told me to get off of them and i'm like no you need to get off of them for the time being while you're healing Because like just with the cauliflower, you know, incident, if you are eating something that is definitely 100% healthy for the rest of the population, just not for you, and you're doing it over and over and over again, it becomes a big inflammation issue. So make sure if you have had a food sensitivity test that anything that's come up on that test that you are not eating at all. Also, I don't rely on just test results. Um, Like I say, they're not 100% accurate and I can get a lot more information about what is happening in your body by the All About Me forms that you fill in. Now, these are really intense forms. They're a little bit overwhelming, but it gives me this huge snapshot of what is happening throughout the whole body. Now on paper, and when you are talking to me and telling me your your symptoms that aren't necessarily linked to infertility, if these are screaming autoimmune, I highly suggest you look into doing an autoimmune paleo diet at least for 30 days. It doesn't have to be for three months, um, but what this does is it really just clears out anything that can be inflammatory it's based on science it's based on research this is not just like a you know pie in the sky diet um you know my go-to is the paleo mom um she is really hardcore with all of her research she's you know she is a scientist so um we do the the autoimmune paleo diet For at least 30 days. And then after that 30 days, I get you to write out really like, what what do you want to reintroduce back in? What do you miss the most from the autoimmune paleo diet? And you pick one or two. I, I usually suggest one, because if you have a reaction, if something flares up, if your gut's like, you know, go bonkers two days later, it's like, well, which one was it? Now this is really painful, um, and there's several ways of reintroducing foods in, but it is the best test out there. Your body is the best tester out there. It is gonna tell you whether or not you can have that food. So for an example, when I found out I had the high NK cells, I went autoimmune paleo. I didn't necessarily go full autoimmune paleo. I remember keeping um, egg yolks into my diet, not egg whites. And I had like pine nuts, almonds, you know, just some a little random things, but not all the time. And I got pregnant with um, our second frozen, imp- no, first, second, oh, I, get, I lose track now of how many I have. No, my second, my second one with my first son. Um, and I don't know, about halfway into it, I had this incident where I had some paprika in a hamburger. And I didn't really have any guidance, right? Like I did a lot of this on my own, especially the autoimmune paleo. I wasn't working with anyone, and it really freaked me out because I was just under the impression if, if if I had one, you know, incident with a nightshade that I could miscarry, and I like I know now that that's not the case. That's not how the body works. But like I just didn't have that reassurance from anyone, and I ended up eating it. And my one symptom, my one symptom that I still had out of all the years of like, you know, doing the paleo and the autoimmune came back two days later. And this has to do with my poo again. And so my body was still not in a healthy enough state to even have that one little, um, like, I mean, it couldn't have been more than like a, a teaspoon of paprika in this hamburger. So that was a um, really good thing for me to be able to see that paprika was my kryptonite and now it still is. So I was really strict with the autoimmune paleo diet probably for a good solid year to a year and a half and then um, kind of started reintroducing things back in. And I did really well on that if it was all in moderation, like real, real moderation. Um, But I would totally notice that I would just not feel the best if I still had a, you know, like a big bolognese or a chili, especially like I cannot do chilies. So your body is going to tell you what it wants, what it doesn't want sometimes it's just not symptoms that we're even aware that we're having because they're so normal to us. Um, So getting off of all the inflammation foods, um, it sounds super extreme, but just rest assured that it is a very short-term thing. It's only 30 days and you can start reintroducing things. um, And I know everyone that I've worked with has had really good success with doing the 30-day challenge on autoimmune paleo diet and then relieved to be able to introduce a few of the foods back because it is a super restrictive diet and you already feel like you've given up so much in your life. Um, Even though I say like if I would have known in the beginning of my journey exactly what I needed to do, I'm 100% positive that I I don't know i would have been able to keep to it um, it is a process to change these things up and when i went aip what i already was like six years deep so it's that kind of desperation and um willingness to try anything and do anything to reach my ultimate goal and obviously it paid off for me. Um, you know, I have the IVF baby and then I have the surprise of a lifetime natural pregnancy after eight years of unexplained infertility. Uh, so that is, I hope that answers, that was the food sensitivity, right? Like I'm I'm, like going long on this, but okay. So the, any other tests like immune test um, and gut function tests, If they come back clear, once again, that's a snapshot in time. I know um, there's like H. pylora is incredibly hard to diagnose. So is um, SIBO. You know, sometimes you have to get these tests uh, redone, redone. You know, Candida can hide out. And um, there's another parasite that is super hard to detect as well. So sometimes you have to retest several times if you are still having especially gut issues. Um, and then sometimes too, when you are healing and you've already started this journey and let's say you do an immune um, test and nothing comes back, that could be you know a really good thing and a frustrating thing at the same time because what you're doing is working. You just have to keep going with it. Um, The one thing that is hugely missing in this whole journey for most of us is patience. So when you are taking a natural approach, um, it is, you know, really frustrating because you are putting in, you know, all this hard work and not seeing the results you want. So when you also... When you have a child already, so actually two of these questions have come from people who have already had children with medical assistance. Um, This is the most screwed up thing about fertility is that you can get pregnant and be unhealthy. Um, And I don't mean unhealthy in a negative way, just in a way of like, maybe it's not going to work for you every single time, right? So you might have, you know, we have um, Devin, the fertility finance coach on the talk show all the time. And, you know, she talks about how she did nothing where she's done some stuff. She, you know, she's, she's very good with her mental, emotional well-being and she improved those things. Um, But she had a natural pregnancy after, you know, several failed IUIs and the IVF she did, the embryo was like poor quality and, but it it became a baby. It is possible. And, you know, we see it all the time with people who, you know, are unhealthy. We all have someone in our lives that can eat McDonald's, smoke a pack of cigarettes, get drunk, and the crack lady down the way who their fertility isn't affected. So the chances of getting pregnant are slim in themselves when you are of like top peak fertility health. Um, and it is just, unfortunately, one of those things is that you never know, you know, your circumstances can be absolutely perfect on paper and to your knowledge and, you know, life, you know, the, the universe, whatever it is, is just kind of like, nope, not right now. That's just not for you. Um, you know, I have experienced that as well on my last resident embryo transfer, everything was perfect and we had the immune suppressing drugs, we had the top quality embryos, I had the AIP diet, I had done it before, um, and it didn't work out. Um, so unfortunately it's just one of those things. I don't think there's anyone out there in the world that can explain that. Um, We are just not that scientifically advanced and um, you just, not just, I hate using that word, but you have to keep the faith. You have to keep that the things that you are putting into place are going to work. So this is where all your mental work comes from. It is literally not just about changing your diet up because your mental state of health can affect your physical state of health as well. And this is not about being a positive person all the time and being super happy, but realizing that, you know, life is life. And when we get knocked down, we get to cry it out we get to explore those emotions we get to be pissed off and then we get back up and keep fighting Um, i have failed more times in my journey than i was successful but my success my two you know well i consider i have three successes i not only have two children but i am much healthier and i am much more mentally stable than i've ever been in my whole life and you know, that's a huge win. Most people will never have that in their life. And what else that is winning is that you did your best toward your child before they were conceived, during your pregnancy, and you are a better mom now because you are physically and mentally better and you're going to be better able to love them and support them through all the difficult times. I had another question about... Do you recommend AIP diet all the time? And I think I probably have already answered this with my ramblings. Um, or, you know, do you use testing to help point um, recommendations? You know, throwing darts in the dark. It's kind of, yeah, like a lot of people just, um, just want to know, right? Like for me, I don't, I don't know why I didn't do a food sensitivity test when I found out I was... Um, had the high K cells, maybe because I've just spent like so much money already that I was just like, right, I'm just willing to do it. I'll just go on this diet. Um, So do I recommend AIP all the time? No, it is a case by case issue. Um, I 100% look at all of your forms and what is going on. If I see anything autoimmune related, I do suggest a a full version or a half version of autoimmune paleo, which means if there are things on the autoimmune paleo diet that you feel like you just can't live without, I say, okay, keep those in, but let's stay away from you know the other handful of things that are on the list. But here's the thing, you've been on this journey for so long already. You, if your test results come back that you aren't you know, intolerant to a handful of nightshades, I still, if your forms are showing me that you're having gut issues, that you're having, you know, thyroid issues, if you're having, you know, skin issues, anything like that that is autoimmune related, I highly suggest that you dig your feet in so deep and commit to these 30 days and come out the other side of it ready to go. Um, and then start introducing those foods back into, you know, your diet, because a lot of the things on an autoimmune paleo diet are healthy. They are healthy foods. We do not, I know I kind of got a little bit, um, like phobic about food, uh, once again, because I didn't have anyone supporting me and, um, we don't want to get you to the place, right? We, um, we just work on creating a diet that is going to work best for you and if you feel like okay I can't commit to that right now then you can't commit to it then you don't do it you only commit to what you can commit to because that's what's going to get you more successful than saying, you know, sometimes we set ourselves up for failure because we think we're going to be able to do everything all at once. We are going to have the autoimmune paleo diet. We are going to meditate every day. We're going to do yoga three times a week. You know, we're not going to like ruminate in the shower about like our boss being a dick. I don't like all these different things and it just doesn't work. Right. We get overwhelmed. Like we are creatures of habits and our subconscious mind. Our habit building is so embedded in us. You know, we are talking, what, 20, 30 years for most of us of these habits that we've had. it's really hard to break them. And it takes time. So when you work with me, it's really all about finding what, one, is right for you, what you feel like you can commit to, and me suggesting, like, look, these are the signs that are pointing to these issues and most of the people who come work with me do have autoimmune issues they have tried other programs they have read the books and get frustrated or don't follow through for you know through for them you know they have been pregnant before but now we're dealing with secondary infertility so it's a very individual based process but for most of the people who come and work with me, they are unexplained and they are dealing with either some autoimmune issues or gut issues. And so the quickest, easiest way to get your gut and your body time to heal is to just eradicate, you know, a big portion of the, you know, inflammation foods that are um, on the autoimmune paleo diet. Also, a big part is mindset. Um, I just like, it's so hard, like to emphasize how important your mindset is. If you come to me and say, I can't do this, then you're not gonna be able to do it. So it's really about when you start working with me is, I can do this, it's gonna suck. (laughs) I might not enjoy every moment of it. But I'm going to commit to it because, uh, like, I'm I'm done dealing with this and I'm ready to move on my on with my life. So I have a question on here as well. Um, what does she say? She said my NK cells were elevated, but not at an, an alarming number. Now this for me kind of ties into um, what like what can happen if you have had successful um, pregnancies or um, even got pregnant and miscarried, this is what NK cells do, right? And they can fluctuate up and down all the time. It is all the reaction to what your gut health is. So this can explain too why you've been able to get pregnant before um, and not again, or why you keep having reoccurring miscarriages. So if you have had your NK cells, NK cells tested and they are elevated above normal range, this is an issue. I don't even care if it's two points over the normal range. Remember, these test results are a snapshot in time. So other months they could be crazy high and you know probably not low because we're you know most most of these questions are coming from people who can't get pregnant or cannot maintain a healthy pregnancy. So once again, this is why we do not get hung up on test results because they're, in my eyes, there is no, like, it's not alarming, they're not too, you know, too high. Because for you, they might be too high and that could be affecting you getting pregnant and staying pregnant. So, if anyone has results like that that your doctor has kind of said, "Well, they're not great, but they're not anything to be too concerned about like hormones, like I see this all the time, like hormone levels in K cells, your thyroid. If your thyroid is just ab- above or just below the normal ranges within the doctor's office, um it's highly likely that you are out of the range of the healthy population of thyroid issues. So what's happening is, you know, all these people, like let's say the whole planet goes and gets tested and the whole planet is kind of a little bit more unhealthy than we should be at the moment. And so the test ranges should be like this and they go like this, normal, normal, right? Because if we are, like the doctors would just be so overwhelmed of like, oh my God, everyone is kind of really sick. So if you have any test results that are not healthy, let's say in the healthy range, um, even if they're in the healthy range of your doctor's office and they're on the high or low end of scale, that is something that can really be affecting your infertility And so as we talked about before, fertility is a fickle thing. We know you don't have to be 100% perfect to um, get pregnant, but um, it's different for everyone. So, you know, this person's kind of just elevated NK cells might be the big issue for her. Someone can have the same elevated... um, in K cells and that wouldn't be an issue for them so this is why it's super important that we just you you know get into your head that you are individual you know we just don't all fit into this mold that um the fertility clinics or the doctor's office are you know i don't want to blame anyone you know putting us into these things I know that it's a big society to deal with and unfortunately we're getting sicker and sicker and sicker and infertility is becoming a bigger and bigger issue for more women. Right, so those are all the questions that I had. Um, I hope that this really helps anyone out there kind of understand what is Going on with unexplained infertility testing, the AIP diet. We covered quite a lot. And uh, thank you once again for letting me stand on my soapbox. And I really hope this um, helped you out. Right. Thank you once again for joining us here on Finding Fertility. If you're loving the podcast, please leave us a rating or review down below over on iTunes. It really greatly helps out other women just like you who are ready to take control of their fertility health and they can find the podcast and listen and tune in and get all the wisdom that they need right that is it for me today have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next tuesday for another closer to day clip